Hello and welcome to the E-Myth Your Business podcast. I'm Karen Iwata, Master Coach, Seminar Leader, as well as a keynote speaker for E-Myth Worldwide. Today we're kicking off a new podcast series I'm really excited about. At Emith, we work with business owners from every industry you can think of, from plumbers to jewelry makers, from CPAs to high-tech manufacturers, people who are expert at what they do, but they seek us out because they're not necessarily experts at running a business. Because we have all these really great clients with tremendous expertise in a variety of fields, we thought we'd invite a few of them to be guests on our podcast so that you can share in their knowledge as they present it to you. And that's why I'm so pleased to introduce you to an E-Myth Mastery coaching client, Cameron Medill, of the Oregon-based web design agency, Cinetac. Cameron's here today to talk to us about making the most of your website because for so many business owners, your website is the public face or at least the first impression that your client gets of your business. Cameron's going to tell us some of the things that you can do to optimize your website's performance. Before we dive in, let me just tell you a little bit about Cameron. He founded his company, Cinetech Web Design, in 2003, as he puts it, as a way to avoid getting a real job. I just love that. As a graduate of Stanford University with a double degree in physics and history, he also spent two years pursuing a career as a professional musician in between those two degrees. He wrote for a Spanish-language newspaper in Peru and spent six months in Cuba. Here's a man of many talents for sure. Now, Cameron built his company up from a two-person shop out of his apartment to a 10-person agency covering a full range of web services. His passion is for building websites that generate results for Cinetax clients through a deep understanding of their visitors' needs. Now, Cameron is a graduate of our Emith Mastery Coaching Program, and he credits the program with saving his business in 2009 and helping him to make the tough decisions to buy out his business partner, his dad, and to cancel a line of business that was accountable for 60% of his revenue in 2008. Wow, Cameron, those are a couple of tough strategic decisions. I'm looking forward to hearing about that, about your company. So welcome to the Emith Your Business podcast. Thanks for having me. It's very good to have you. Now, listen, I've told our audience a little bit about you. Tell us about Cinetac Web Design and what it is that you do. Sure. So um, what we do is we work with our clients to help them build websites to generate results for their business. And the way that we do that is a little different than a lot of people in our field. Our our passion, our obsession is for the visitor. Um and the visitor is sort of the often forgotten person in the conversation about a website. Um, you have to have an agency that's very passionate about uh, the color scheme or certain headlines or whatever it might be. You often have a client that's very passionate about um, talking about their services, about photography of their office space, whatever it is that moves them. But just as in business, where our customers are ultimately the only way that we achieve success, the visitors to our website are the only way that we achieve success online. Um, and so we enjoy studying them and understanding what it is that, that is persuasive to them, how it is we can make their experience more pleasant, more intuitive, uh, more comfortable online. Um, and through that, we help our, our clients to achieve success online. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that because so many of us are spending so much of our time researching uh, vendors, services, companies on the web. And of course, what we're doing is we're interacting with websites. And we all know that some of them perform for us as visitors so much more 
effectively and easily than others. So I'm looking forward to hearing for, uh, more about this. Now, you've worked with a lot of small businesses and have had a lot of experience improving websites um, that maybe were not performing as well as they, they could have been. So tell me, what are some of the basic considerations um, of a well-performing website? What are some of the things that, that, that one needs to take into consideration before really embarking upon improving a website? Sure. And, and before I jump in, let me just say one of the things I, I love about this question, one of the things I love about the web is that it's one of the few areas in your business where you can really get a, a, a multiple of return uh, that you can't get elsewhere. Um, in other words, it's, it's really hard in operations to, to build your widgets two, three, four times faster than your competitors. Uh, most of us would be happy if we could do five or 10%. Um, but one of the things you consistently see online with a really well-done website and this is where it can become kind of the silver bullet or secret weapon for some businesses, is that someone can have a website that will generate two, three, four times as many leads or e-commerce sales as a competitor's website. And so I think that's a lot of why I get so passionate about the web and its, it's importance for businesses today, especially in a, um, the, the economic ride that we've all gone through over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, the, there's really five fundamentals, I'd say, to a website. Um, the first one is to define success. In other words, to define the outcome that you're trying to achieve on your website. Um, this is very emith. This is something I was always asked uh, in the program when I would perhaps wander off and get excited about some topic. And my mm-hmm. coach would ask me, what's the outcome you're trying to achieve? Um, mm-hmm. And surprisingly often, we ask all the prospects who come to us, we ask them, what are you trying to accomplish with your website? And it's often sort of a vague combination of ROI, branding, credibility, sales. Um, but what I mean by defining success is getting very precise. So there's only a few options. You could be trying to increase advertising revenue. You might be trying to sell subscriptions. Um, you might be trying to generate phone or email leads. It's very common for a business-to-business service. Um, or you might be actually trying to sell a physical product online. Um, and for some reason, this is often a challenge for a lot of people, and, and it's, it, it really just breaks down to what is the one thing that your website could do that would move the needle in your sales efforts offline. Mm-hmm. The second thing um, is to know your visitors um, and build your website around them. And what I mean by that is understand who your prospects are. This, this is classic marketing, but understand who your prospects are. Um, what, what are their needs that you address? What are their pains that you address? Um, and build your website around them rather than around yourself um, and your services and your company's features. This is the, the classic features versus benefits uh, conversation that happens a lot in marketing. Um, but one of the worst things that can happen online, and I think this is sort of a relic of the 1990s, but this notion that a website is just a brochure that's electronic. Mm-hmm. And that, that's very much not the case. Um, People are self-directed online, and they do not want to read an endless list of things about you. The third thing is give them something of value, and this is also basic marketing. But typically, when someone comes to us, and this is typical, this is this is true of just about any sort of marketing entity, is they come to us and they say, "We want more leads, or we want more sales," and that's fine. But to effectively do that, you need to have a way to engage your visitors um, rather than just telling them to come and give you money. Um, and so whether that's, if it's a business, if you're a consulting firm, you might have white papers or case studies on your website. If you're a more transactional firm, um, say a plumbing company, 
you might have a discount on your website for certain sets of services. Um, but either way, drill down into find something of value that you can give uh, to your visitors. And that's something, by the way, that EMIT does a great job on their website with podcasts and the ability to sign up for a newsletter and so mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, the point is that if, if you give something away that's of value, you are now appealing to a broader percentage of the people who come to your website because they don't just have to engage with you by turning into a, a sales lead today. Mm-hmm. And so that lets you start to address the people who might be interested in your services one month down the road, one year down the road. The fourth thing um, is to explore how you're going to get traffic to your website. This is not as much of a problem as it used to be, um, but this is also kind of a relic of the 1990s and the if you build it, they will come mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, Those days have have passed, and there are a number of different ways to get people to your website. There's uh, pay-per-click advertising. There is organic search engine optimization. There's email marketing. um, There's other sort of brand awareness ways. But make sure you have a strategy because building a a fancy, pretty website is not going to do anything for your business unless you get people there. And then the last element, uh, the fifth element, is to have some way to track the success of your website. And the most common way, of course, is Google Analytics, and I think we'll talk about that later. But um, it obviously doesn't help you to define success if you don't have some way to track it as well. Mm -hmm. So those are the five steps, I would say. Wow, and and so those actually sound very foundational. And 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 as you were talking about it, it occurred to me that you know your website de- design and functionality really does need to be a key component of an overall marketing strategy. Yeah, I, w- I would very much agree. Um, what's interesting is what we're seeing is I feel like more and more people are eschewing the traditional marketing agency as small businesses. Um, and they're actually wrapping that into their website redesign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that actually explains the popularity of, of web companies today. Um, well, and I would I would guess too that if you if one is looking for a company to help design a website, one of the things that you're going to want to be um, short of, or, or certainly interviewing to to find out, is how much of a marketing bent and how much marketing knowledge does that website design company actually possess along with the technical expertise to put the website together? Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's interesting how um, the web is an extremely interdisciplinary um, area. And so you have, you have uh, traditional marketing, you have copywriting, you have uh, mm-hmm. basic information architecture, which is how you organize your website, design, you have programming, um, you have traffic acquisition through search engines, and on and on. Um, But one of the things that I think is really important, as you said, is that there's not just a a level of marketing awareness, but also just strategic awareness, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. so that you're not just hiring a firm that is going to implement what you tell them to do, um, but they're actually going to help you craft your vision and your strategic marketing goals and use that to guide the website process. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can certainly see for those people who are 
who are fans of Emith or Emith clients or what have you, the conversation, how much more easily the conversation would flow if you are working with somebody who came from that same perspective, the same sort of Emith perspective. So I really appreciate your uh, spending some time with us talking about this today. Now, the the next thing that occurs to me, and I'm sure um, does as well with, with uh, our audience here, is, okay, so we've got the basics. Those were really clearly articulated. Thank you for those. But many of our, our uh, small business owners, of course, have websites that are up, and they're wondering whether or not they're functioning optimally. So what are some of the basic things that one can do to improve the website performance? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got three basic tools that I'd recommend. Okay. Um, there are, this is actually a discussion we've had internally a lot, um, because one of the one of the funny things that happens is that I, I think the whole term web design is a really funny name because design is really only a, a small part of your website. Mm-hmm. And so often I think small business owners believe they have to redesign their website to change it. Um, but in fact, there's a number of other things that can be done that are quite inexpensive. So the, the, the three techniques I'm going to recommend are basically three tools. Um, the first one is some basic content improvements. And content often kind of ends up being the the forgotten part of a web uh, redesign project. And, and I don't know if this is just because web companies in general don't want to deal with writing content or if it just ends up being the piece that gets cut from the budget. Um, but it, it's incredibly influential because it's the words on the page that actually um, create any kind of uh, real connection and guide people towards whatever outcome they're going to have on your website, uh, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is, is more often than not is to leave. A typical website has 40% of the visitors leave in under 10 seconds. Wow. So the first um, so the first area I'm going to talk about is content improvements, and there's two uh, great tools to make some really easy, quick improvements to your content. So the first one is one we have on our website, um, and it's that uh, URL is synotac.com slash read, and that's S-Y-N-O-T-A-C dot com slash R-E-A-D. What this tool is is it will let you paste any content from your website into a little field, and you can hit submit. And what it will do is it will return the reading level of your content. This is incredibly important because um, we have a tendency as business owners to write content at a very um, high reading level. And the problem is that most people when they're online, they're not interested in reading like they are perhaps in a college course. They're scanning. They're looking Mm -hmm. for specific information. Mm -hmm. And so the more dense that we make our writing, uh, especially in the business world, that typically means we've filled it full of jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, the less likely people are to stick around our website and the less likely that the copy is to be focused towards them. So what we recommend is that people write their website copy to an eighth grade level if it's a business-to-business service they're selling and to a fifth grade level if it's a business-to-consumer service. Wow. Um, so this is a great tool to really quickly evaluate any page on your website. Um the second tool is through um, a good company that focuses on basically online um, persuasion. And this is a tool where you can give a URL of any page on your website, and it will scan for the amount of me-focused versus customer-focused copy. Mm. And this may sound like kind of a funny concept, but basically it means how much of your copy is talking about me, my company, our services, um, our process, and how much of it is talking about you, your needs, uh, solutions I can provide to you and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the URL for this tool is it's futurenowinc.com 
slash we we and that's w e w e and what it does is it will show you the percentage of me focused versus customer focused and you'll often see that people spend all this time blathering on and on about what they do and their products and their background and the reality is that online and really everywhere in life people don't really care our job as marketers is to understand the needs and pains of our prospects mm -hmm. and then connect them to solutions that our company provides. But they don't care about exclusively the awards we won or our process, but it's hard not to talk about that as a business owner because we spend so much time on it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to give you a quick example, um, you can think of a, a plumbing company, and they might have a headline on their homepage that says, we are the leader in plumbing solutions from anti-vacuum to UPVC. Now, I actually don't even know what this means. I just looked it up as far as uh, plumbing <laughs> jargon. But that's a very common thing. The plumbing mm -hmm. industry, like any industry, would have all these acronyms and things they're proud of. If you rewrote that to be focused on your customer, you might say something like, fix your plumbing, plumbing, excuse me, fix your plumbing problems today. Clean, fast, quality guarantee. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can see just that little switch mm -hmm. um, from talking about we mm -hmm. and our solutions to your plumbing problems um, has a big impact on the copy. Um, one of the examples I want to bring up is we have a client who did this, uh, one of the best natural marketers I've ever met, and he did all the copy on his website. And the only thing he did marketing-wise was redesign his website. And we get some credit for this, but a lot of it was the copy he wrote. And he grew his business from 600000 a year to $1.5 million in one year. Wow. And the reason why was he wrote his copy so precisely around all of the needs of his visitors um, that when his website was redesigned, he was converting three times as many visitors to leads as his competitors. Now, what, what kind of business was it? This was actually a pest control company. Wow, that is amazing. So that, okay, I, wanna, I want you to repeat that URL. It was www.futurenowinc.com. Slash wee wee, and that's W-E-W-E. Wee wee, okay. I have a feeling they're going to get a lot of traffic today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great site. Okay. So, so that, you, that's just an, an, an incredible tool to send off to your copywriter or your internal marketing right. person and say, you know, rewrite your copy. I like both these tools and the reading level because mm -hmm. um, they're objective tools that we can measure, uh, whereas copy is so normally a very subjective discussion. That's right. Yeah. Now, you had a third idea in terms of something that somebody could do to improve their website performance. I did, sorry. And the third one was, um, I think I've already mentioned I have a, a passion for understanding your user. Um, our website visitors are basically anonymous. Um, we never mm -hmm. we never meet them. We, it's, it's impossible for us to observe them. It's very different than the customers who might come into our store who don't buy. We could observe them. We could understand perhaps where we didn't meet their needs. So there's two websites that have taken... Um, this area known as usability testing, which is basically having real people use your website and try to keep, complete basic tasks. And they've, they're have they great online services. They're very inexpensive. Um, we use them. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. Um, but the first one is called usertesting.com. And what you do is you tell them, you list the key tasks on your website, and you can tell them the demographics, um, you know, the age, the gender, uh, income level, of the kinds of testers you want. They should match your website visitors. And then what will happen is within a couple hours, you'll get a video back of these people using your website, talking out loud, basically thinking out loud, 
as they try to complete these tasks on your website. Um, it's incredibly powerful. Um, you will, I guarantee you will see insights within seconds or minutes about basic things you can fix on your website that you didn't see because you so intimately understand how your website is organized and mm-hmm. you so intimately understand the products and services that you offer. Mm. Um, it's, I think it's $40 per test. Um, oh, wow. I, I would just recommend to anyone who's wondering what to do with their website to uh, so pay for two or three tests. That's and user watch test- a real person oh, I'm who sorry. knows nothing about your company. What so was that? that that's usertesting.com? Usertesting.com. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to speak over you, but I got excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And there's, there's actually a cheaper option, mm-hmm. um, which is not quite as good, but if someone wants to do this on more of a budget, it's mm-hmm. called feedbackarmy.com. And you don't get videos, um, you just get written feedback on your website. Um, but it's, it's basically, this is market research. It's mm-hmm. incredibly powerful stuff. Um, there are studies that are done on the percentage of visitors who come to websites, across all websites, and what percent complete the task they were trying to uh, accomplish when they got to the website. And it's in like the low 60s. So that's not people turning into a lead on your website. That's like someone going to a website and trying to find contact information, mm. any task. Mm-hmm. So basically the point is 40% of all people leave the average website frustrated because they couldn't accomplish their goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to address that is through watching real people use your website. Wow. These are great tips. Now, we've covered so far some of the basics that you want to consider in terms of really understanding the results you're trying to get from your website, understanding uh, who the visitor are, uh, who visitors are going to be, your target market, we might say. We've talked about some of the things. You've given us some great resources for improving a website's performance. Now I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on what some of the biggest mistakes are that people make in designing their own websites or when they're having a website redesigned? Sure. Um, so yeah, I, think I've, I think I've got four, if I were to put all the biggest mistakes I see in the buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one I would say is that um, people don't try to bring... Um, the credibility of their business onto their website. And credibility is a funny word when you think about the web, but to me, credibility is like a, it's a foundational concept because with credibility comes trust. And once you have trust, everything becomes easier. Um, and it's very hard for businesses often to understand that their credibility offline doesn't automatically transfer to their website. Um, so if you think of when you have a sales meeting and, and perhaps you go to a, a vendor's office and they have a nice office, perhaps it's an attorney, and you can see they've been in business for 50 years and they're wearing nice suits and they have plants and they have marketing brochures and you can go on and on, that doesn't all transfer to their website automatically. And there's actually a, a great study of 10 really basic guidelines, and this was a, a study that Stanford University did, um, but with like... 4,000 different testers in over three years, and they were just trying to study what builds credibility online. Um, and we actually have this on our website as well. Um, it's This is at synotac.com slash trust. And this is a simple checklist of 10 guidelines. Um, they are incredibly simple. They're basic things like making sure that it's easy to verify the accuracy of the content on your website, that it's easy to contact you, 
that you show that real people uh, exist behind your organization. Uh, I could go on down the list, but mm-hmm. very few websites follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they're easy to do, but the conventional wisdom often ignores them. So one of the, one of the examples of showing that you have a real organization behind the website, uh, this, this is one of the worst trends online is when people started using stock photography all the time. It's far more effective to have a less professional-looking photo of real people working in your office who are members of your company than it is to have some beautiful model in a beautiful office mm. that isn't actually yours. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of this was actually, um, we redid this as part of um, another client. This was a, a marketing agency here in town. And we redid their entire website around these guidelines. They had a very flashy, attractive website. It's kind of a, it was almost like a, a you know, best in breed dog or something. It looked very flashy, you know, lots of bells and whistles, uh, lots of activity. Um, and so we, we toned it down. Still looks really nice, but we built everything around these guidelines. And it was pretty astonishing. We knew it would help, but it actually it doubled their conversion rate. So wow. that's a lot of what's allowed them to grow this year is they went from getting approximately 3% of their visitors turning into leads to 6%. Wow. Um, and I think their, their average deal size has also gone up. So it's to me, these, these are just, again, it's, it's cinotac.com slash trust. I think this is one of the easiest things you can do for your website. Mm. It flies in the face of all the things that web companies want you to spend money on. Mm-hmm. They're really basic changes. Um, but So that's that's one of it. It's basically ignoring our common sense. off. It's, it's not taking our com- common sense from offline and putting it online because somehow the web is new. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. not. Um, the second big mistake, sorry, I'm getting a little overly detailed on these, <laughs> when people build, um, I get very passionate about these topics because so, I see these mistakes happening. But the second one <laughs> is people build their websites, websites for themselves. So it's this big internal conversation among marketing and sales and the CEO and whoever else might be excited and, and all the discussions center around what should this page say? What are the kinds of websites I like that we're going to emulate? What color should the background be? What kinds of photos do I like? And on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And the end result is that you have a very poor performing website because as I mentioned earlier, no one cares about you. Mm-hmm. They only care about what you can do for them. Right. Um, and a real basic example of this was this was a this was also a pest control company. We did a basic uh, split test on their homepage where we sent half of their traffic to an old version and half to a new version. And the old version was abstract photos. Um, it was all about their their process, um, their expertise, their experience. Um, and then we redid the website around some of the uh, what they could offer to their visitors. And we looked at what their visitors wanted, what value was to their visitors. And we ran the split test, and it was a similar result where the new version outperformed the old one by like 150%. And they, were, they basically were getting 100 new leads every month wow. as a result of this change. Wow. Um, and so it, it's a, and, and, and the changes were very subtle, though. We took this really abstract photo, and we replaced it with a photo of their service people in uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made it really easy for people to reach out, and we showed the, the we addressed their anxiety and so on. And so mm-hmm. those are mostly, um, they're not expensive changes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're content changes or minor photography changes. Mm-hmm. So again, the second one, building your website for yourself instead of your customer. Okay. The, the third one, um, which ties into all these, but is ignoring content. Um, often we get so caught up in the technical issues around um, how
how a website will be programmed. Perhaps it might integrate with an inventory system. Uh, maybe it would integrate with QuickBooks. Who knows? Um, and then the design elements. Maybe the client also has a new logo. Um, maybe there's some brochures that they really want the new website to look like. Whatever it might be, the conversation all centers around design and programming. Um, and no one talks about who's going to write the content. And then at the 11th hour, some intern in the client's company writes all the content and it gets slammed into the website, and then the website performs miserably. Mm -hmm. um, a resource I'm going to recommend for that is called witchtest1.com. So that's W-H-I-C-H-T-E-S-T-W-O-N.com. And you can go on there and you can sign up for free for their newsletter. Um, I don't even know if they sell services, to be honest. But what they do is they run split tests. And they're really basic split tests, and they almost all revolve around content. And so you'll look at two versions of a page, and they'll say, which one is more effective? And you have to vote. And then once you've voted, they show you how all of their website uh, email list members have voted, and then which one actually performed better. Oh, great. And it's a great site for improving our intuition about what kind of content will persuade people to take action. So good. Okay. from my standpoint, content is the most important part mm -hmm. of a website, not the least important. Okay. So that's mistake number three, content. All right. And number four. The fourth one, the fourth one is more basic. Um, so I won't go into this in much detail, but and, and we are seeing this less, fortunately, but it's applying print branding guidelines or intuition to the web. Um, and it's, it's important. You can look this stuff up really easily. But there are a number of things that are best practices for a printed piece and often marketing agencies are still holding on to that are not best practices for the web. So just some really basic things. Reverse text, um, what that means is white text on any kind of dark black or dark brown uh, background. Um, not a good idea. It's very fatiguing on the eye. Um, it's very unpleasant for people to read. Um, and But that it looks great in, a, in the printed world. It just pops. Sometimes people get overly caught up in colors and just remembering that there are um, colors shift online. You can't match them exactly um, because different Macs and PCs are one example. Different um, monitors and, and mm -hmm. uh, operating systems will display a website as an actually different shade of color. Um, and then the third one is just fonts. Um, in general, um, sans serif fonts are better than serif fonts. Sans serif is, is uh, what you see on Google mm -hmm. and most of the big websites. Serif fonts are ones that have little curly cues at the end of them, like mm -hmm. the New York Times uh, mm -hmm. logo. Um, I guess in particular with fonts, though, also is that people, there are some people out there who love really small fonts. Um, and I just plead with people to remember that unlike a printed piece where someone's going to sit down and read a brochure, people are browsing online, they're skimming, they're scanning, they're not sitting down and reading like a book. Mm -hmm. So that would be my fourth uh, mistake, would be taking print branding guidelines to the web. Well, I, I've got to say, Cameron, you have given us such tremendous resources, quite a few of them. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and for sharing all of this information with us. Um, you, you really are an example of why we are so inspired by our clients here at Emith Worldwide. And of course, I would be uh, remiss in not telling everybody how they can find your company. It is Cinetac Web Design. That's S Y N. O-T-A-C, Web Design. You can find it online, of course, at www.cinetac.com or by phone at 503-517-2116.
So thank you again, Cameron, for being with us today. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, the, our second part of our conversation with you in which we will be uh, going into a lot more uh, detail about marketing, about tracking results online, and about how you can integrate uh, social media uh, marketing into your overall web design and marketing strategy. So stay tuned. Listen uh, for that coming up uh, shortly. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this Emith Your Business podcast. Uh, if you're a small business owner and you're looking for a better way of doing business, I invite you to visit us online at www.e-myth.com. I'm Karen Iwata, and on behalf of myself and all of us here at Emith Worldwide, we wish you great success in all your entrepreneurial ventures. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you, Cameron. Mm-hmm.